0: Just continue sharing where I was last week and I felt it was something that God had put on my heart. I want to pick it up again and just share a little more on that today and uh, we talked last week about overcoming disappointment and the reason I felt God put that into my heart to begin to share and to speak on that is because uh, the Bible tells us very clearly if we want to please God, if we want to please God, there has to be faith in our lives. There has to be a capacity to trust God, to lean on Him, begin to draw upon His resources. The Bible says without faith we cannot please Him. And uh, also tells us in Hebrews 11.1 1, we saw last week that... Faith is the substance of the things hoped for. In other words, before you come to a place of faith or confidence in God, there's a hoping or there's an expectation or anticipation that God is going to do some good thing. And uh, we saw it was different to the world's hope. The world's hope is based on circumstances and experience. But our hope is based on the character of God, that God is a good God. Therefore, we can expect great things of the future. And uh, we saw then when disappointment comes, we begin to change in our attitude internally. And uh, we share with you some things that happen when people get disappointed. Uh, Something that we expected never happened. Something that uh, we didn't expect did happen. And it hurts us. And inside we have to do something with the pain that we feel. Now I'm just trying to imagine for Hamish, you know, as the day went on and the hours went on, everyone knows that if a person's dead for a little while and if they revive them then they're brain dead usually they don't they just don't survive to live and talk so I can't imagine what must have been going through his mind and heart over a period of eight hours praying 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 the feelings of grief and disappointment and the feelings of will will anything happen you know when doctors say something like this that they're dead that's you know, that kind of word. It's nice and like a curse over everyone, you know there's no hope. Until you dismiss the words and say, God, you're still a God who raises the dead, we're gonna believe. And it would have been easy to become very disappointed and very easy to become crushed and not to stay in that place of prayer and anticipation of God. And so I wanted to share I shared with you last week just when we are disappointed. When we're disappointed, some things are gonna happen. Now some people try to just bury their disappointments and what happens is they just accumulate 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 inevitably there are several things happen when we're disappointed number 1 we feel grief we feel just a grief and a sadness when there's a loss There's just this overwhelming sense of sadness and disappointment about it then we're going to do something now there's one or two ways we can go we can either turn into god in the disappointment and encounter him and be encouraged and it's a growing stage or we react and start to blame god and begin to draw back into ourselves. and when we draw back into ourselves some things happen usually there's a distrust we become angry And uh, what happens, of course, if you're a Christian and the problem is that you feel God has let you down, then, of course, you draw back from God and you can't go forward to trust Him again. And this is really serious. To be a Christian, to be coming to church, to be saying you're walking with God, but in the core of your heart that you've drawn back from Him because you don't trust Him anymore. Because it's an area, one area. It's usually one area. I was over in Taiwan a little while ago, and I spoke to a friend of mine. They went to him. I wanted to come. I said, I want to come and see you. And uh, for months, he had been uh, praying for his wife to be healed of cancer. And everyone had said she was going to be healed. And uh, they spoke out of their heart that she was going to be healed. But unfortunately, she died. And, of course, he had two issues to deal with. One was the issue she'd died and the grief that went. But the bigger one, and I said, this is the one you have to face. I said, everyone loses someone sometime, and they walk through grief. That's part of human condition. But I said, here's the problem for you right now. The problem for you right now is you trusted that God would heal her, that God would restore her, and now she's died. And what you were expecting never happened. What are you doing with your disappointment? I said, the big issue for you now is you will draw back from trusting God, and all the rest of your life and your ministry will be in jeopardy. Because if you can't lean on God and draw from Him and lean wholeheartedly on Him and have confidence He's good and He'll work everything for good, and you draw back from Him, then what you do is pray without actually ever really believing. And so I said, it's really serious, your state right now. And he began to weep and weep and weep. And and as soon as I said it, he realized that's exactly where he was. And so we spent a bit of time to help him and to talk it through and to help him come to it. And in the end, there was a, a deliverance from the grief. A real deep healing took place. And now he's up and he's going, going wonderfully again. So inevitably, you see, if you get disappointed, if you don't deal with it, you'll protect yourself from further disappointment. And if you perceive or in your thinking, if we think that God is the one who let us down, then it's God we'll draw back from. And we'll save ourselves from ever being in the place of risk again. How can you live the life of faith which requires risk and dependence on God if at a certain point of disappointment you drew back and decided I'm never going to be there in that place again? You can't trust God. You understand that? That's the heart talking. The head will say, I trust God. The heart says, no way. And the devil exploits that, of course. He tries to work on our nature and tries to work on us. So I want to just pick up from there, and I want to just uh, talk about where we go now. You see, because when we face disappointment, we are going to react. We'll build a wall to be not hurt again, and we we'll begin to believe certain things. And uh, over the course of years, actually since the last uh, week since we did this, I sat down myself, and I sat down and thought over all the years, what things disappointed me the most? and of course you have disappointments with him i'm going to identify a few things for you to to have a think about a little bit later but i want to talk to you about how at the point of disappointment you have a choice you have a crossroads and at that crossroads you can either withdraw from god and shield yourself from further disappointment or you can walk past your disappointment bring it to the lord and come to a whole new level of life and ministry and it's a choice and if you make the right choice, you go into a new level of blessing. If you make the wrong choice, your life starts to go off, and you don't even know it. You can still be in church, still come into church, but what's missing now is there's no real faith. You actually become religious. You're saying and doing all the right things, but in the heart, I cannot give myself to God. I, don't, I fear He'll hurt me again. And uh, so I thought about it over the years, and I thought there were at least three things that had really, of all the things that had really caused me the greatest disappointment, and they were disappointment with God. See, people disappoint us. That's part of life's experience, but the greatest the most difficult things were where I would felt God had let me down, and that's the hardest one to get over because it affects you deeply inside. And as I looked at it I realized that one of the first times I felt it was when we had a move of God I was a very young Christian and uh, we uh, just uh, had I was teaching in a high school and we had a great um, move of the Spirit and there were young people being saved all kinds of things were happening my classroom kids got touched by God uh, that we had them come into our home we had a whole lot of things happening. it was just really going well and and I felt to uh, open you know I felt you know I was supposed to be walking in unity And so I had no understanding that real unity is a spiritual unity, not just a nominal thing, because we're all Christians. That doesn't make us united at all. And uh, so what I did was open up what we were doing to other Christians to be a part of it. And in the course of uh, about three or four months, the Spirit of God lifted off it. And when the Spirit of God lifted off it, everything started to fail and you can't believe from being in the joy of a reviving move of god to now nothing is working everything's hard everything is difficult you can't imagine the disappointment and i didn't i had no understanding why it was like that and so i, I struggled tremendous disappointment that what looked to be so promising just fell through and became so dead and it was only after some months when I actually continued to seek God. He showed me what the problem was, gave me a scripture. And, uh, and out of that scripture, I was able to then realize the mistake that had been made, realize that when un- people of unbelief get in a move of God, they ruin the move of God and they stop it. And I realized then that you have to govern what God does. And uh, so I learned a tremendous lesson, was able to get up. But then it was, it was literally a year before we got anything happening again. Terrible time of disappointment. The second phase of great disappointment for me was uh, in, in about 93, 94. And we were, I was just hungry for God to come and hungry for the move of God. And so we invited Jill Austin to come. And uh, we had the most unbelievable season. How many were there for that? It was just unbelievable time and uh just we had some unbelievable meetings and the heavens opened up and the spirit of god came here an open heaven and there was angelic visitations unbelievable things happening and god was moving and uh then uh we i I got jill to speak at the coc conference and the move of god swept in the conference went all around the world through coc but within a week after that those meetings it was like the anointing lifted off and nothing And everywhere right through the CRC movement, they were having all this move of God. And we were just going through the most unbelievably difficult time. And uh, where everyone else was having laughter and drunkenness, all kinds of encounters with God, we were having sin exposed in a way I have never ever seen it exposed ever before. And that's the holiness of God. So we had it different here. And what happened was, of course, people's lives just fell apart in a massive way. And uh, I would never, think conth- I haven't thought of a season in my life that was more difficult than the next 18 or months to two years. And in the, in the midst of that, there was tremendous disappointment. Tremendous disappointment having seen God and hungered for God and then it's like he just showed himself and then vanished away again. And uh, instead there was just all this tremendous issues and problems and the uncovering and one of my daughters that she'd been abused when she was a young girl and the tremendous disappointment with God you can 't believe the level of disappointment to have to try and speak faith and confidence in God and then in your personal life there 's just these massive struggles and everywhere there 's just nothing but problems and and heartache and sorrow and difficulty and to and the dilemma between trying to walk and speak faith and yet in the heart being disappointed you can 't believe what what tr- what difficulty that is to go through that so I realized that uh, I came to a certain point where I I would just not talk to God about certain things. You ever had that? Speak to the hand. Don't go there. (laughs) You have that. You have that season where where you don't want to talk about it. And the reason you don't want to talk about it is is you're just overwhelmed inside. And I went like that for quite a long time. So I could talk to God about a lot of other things, but not about certain things where I felt the deepest disappointment the deepest disappointment and finally i had to come to a place where i just got we joe and i would just go home after meetings and weep and we'd just come before the lord and just play music and and just weep that's all i could do weep i didn't even want to talk it was beyond talking didn't want to talk and i didn't want to talk to god particularly you know what i'm talking about because you feel so disappointed and you get hurt and you get angry and i thought my life and my future are in trouble so one day i just got alone before the lord and and uh, someone had asked me this question, you know, if you could say something to God, what would you say? And I thought about it, and it just bubbled out quickly. Before I could even stop it, it came out, you've heard me. You let me down. And, and I realized, you know, the head will be thinking a lot of things, but the heart can say other things. And so it's what's in our heart that counts. And some of you are sitting on things in your heart that you need. If you're going to walk, if we're going to grow as a church, come to a place of faith and new dependency on God. we have got to get rid of the disappointment. You can't build over disappointment because the the nature of it is you will draw back from trusting. So how can we say, trust the Lord, believe for miracles, if in your heart, your true position is, I can't trust God. I'm hurt too much. See what I'm saying? And so I got before the Lord and finally I I began to just, uh, I just poured out my heart to him, just poured out the pain and the grief. and, And I poured out that I would not trust him. That's what disappointment does to you. You just feel like you've trusted. And I, I just poured out, Lord, I've trusted you with my life, trusted you with my family. I poured my life into the work of God. And now these things happening, how can I trust you? you, you This is this is something has gone wrong in the part of my life closest to me. How can I trust you? And after I would poured my heart out, one of the things you've got to learn to do is to pour your heart out before the Lord. You can't try and just be positive be positive is a good thing but it isn't spiritual you got to have something in your heart from God to be to, to actually sustain it in the difficult times and so being positive is a mental attitude but there's certain times you actually have to stop being positive and face reality and the reality for me was I was hurt and disappointed and drawn back and wouldn't trust God and commit myself to him and I thought brother I'm in a bad place I thought, well, what I need to do is go near to God, but God's the one I felt disappointed with. And so I just poured my heart out to him and shared with him. And, and when I'd finished saying everything, I, and I said, oh, I don't want to pray, pray for anyone anymore. I don't, want to, I don't want to pray. Well, I prayed, and this, this has happened now. So I'm just so disappointed. Now, why should I trust you anymore? And I, and, and I just poured my heart out to him. And uh, then when I'd all finished, God doesn't mind you pouring your heart out, but there comes a point when you're finished, and when you're finished, all your heart, that's when he'll talk to you. And sometimes we're trying to get God to say something, and he's saying, you need to open up your heart and talk out what's in there. The disappointments, the, the, the grief. And so when I'd finished it all, and I'd been talking about praying, and, and, you know, and, and just got a disappointment over that, and then God spoke. And he spoke, and you know, I know he, when you hear God speak, sometimes I've heard him speak, and it was so clear, it was like a voice inside me. And this time I heard him speak, and he said, when you pray, you don't pray aright. And I was shocked. And he said to me, when you pray, you're praying that everything will work out just good in your life because you want your life to be smooth. But I'm not committed to your comfort. I'm committed to your character. And I will permit things to happen because I can work in them to build men and women of God. I thought, ooh. And with that, I just wept. And then God began to speak to me about his disappointments. And when I heard that, then I really wept and felt his disappointment. His disappointment in various areas over various situations. And, uh, and, and what happened then was just came a connection with God again. And the many people here, I'm sharing this because I don't share it very much, because God is wanting to address the issues of disappointment so we can rise to another level of trust. You can't rise to trust if you're harboring disappointment. Disappointment causes us to draw back, build a wall, and make a decision. You can't trust God. I'm not going to go forward anymore i'm not going to lean on him yep i'll acknowledge him but i won't lean on him i'll lean on myself i'll pray i'll come to church i won't go back into the world but i just won't lean on god now that's a heart condition And that's the heart condition that he's wanting to address in many of us today. He's wanting to touch us in the areas we're disappointed. And I want to just share just a few things out of Scripture. I want to just share with you. I'm just going to go through them quickly. I want to just touch on one particular area where the disciples were very disappointed. And I want to show you how Jesus helped them, because we want to see how to get out of disappointment. Okay? And uh, let's just uh, have a look at just a few Scriptures. Here's the thing when you're disappointed when you're disappointed and uh, it's it's an opportunity for growth or an opportunity to become bitter you choose and people choose different ways in the Bible there are many people who chose badly and uh, let me just give you a few people who chose badly and you know the consequence of their actions Judas was a man who was disappointed with Jesus ministry over the whole issue of the how he handled finance and so what happened in his disappointment he betrayed Jesus but it was disappointment disappointment and offense here's another one Gehazi was disappointed with Elisha that Elisha didn't use the opportunity of ministry to be able to get money out of this man that just got healed he was very disappointed he went away and he tried to get the money out of him and it cost him his whole destiny disappointment cost him his destiny think about that for Judas disappointment cost him his destiny imagine me, one of the 12 apostles living and walking with Jesus for 3 years but disappointment cost you your destiny See, the Bible's full of stories. He's made bad choices. Bad choice when he's disappointed. Uh, in Miriam, Miriam was disappointed with her, with her brother Moses. And she complained about him. She was disappointed with the choice of, of marriage. He married a black woman. It says he married an Ethiopian. And they didn't like it. Said he shouldn't have done it. And they began to become critical of her. She became critical of her brother. And in, so, in other words, in her disappointment about the choice of marriage partner, she became critical and leprosy came into her life. See, disappointment costs her something. It always costs her something. If you don't just deal with it correctly and deal with it godly, Israel became disappointed with God. Here's one of the interesting things. Israel had seen all the miracles, got saved, delivered, and they came out of the wilderness. You know what happened when they got disappointed with God? The Bible says they limited what God could do. He said, I don't believe God can do anything, and they turned back from walking with God. That cost them their destiny. A whole generation lost their destiny. See, the Bible is is quite specific in describing to us people and situations where they became disappointed with God and they made bad choices and then they lost their destiny. And when the Bible points that out, we've got to really listen to that. They're, they're real people. They're real people in painful situations who felt disappointed like we feel disappointed, but at that point of disappointment, they just took the wrong road. And they made down they went down a path of choices and they lost their future, lost their destiny. I don't want to walk down that path I want to walk down the path of God's plan walk into the fullness of it uh, let's just look at some people that made good choices here's another one in uh, Job was a man in th- chapter 13 and verse uh, what is it Job 13 and verse 15 said though he slay me yet will I trust him so he's imagine this disappointment he's just doing great he's got a great reputation he's wealthy got a great family and then suddenly there's a storm his kids get killed Then the armies come in and they steal his cattle. Then everything is lost. He's just got nothing. He's got boils. And he said, though he slay me, even though I'm disappointed, I will still trust God. He made a good choice. And the Bible says at the end of his life, he prayed for his friends and God gave him twice at the end what he had before his disappointment. That's a good word, isn't it? eh? God gave him twice, double fold at the end, what he had before he was disappointed. Think about that. So, maybe you're sitting in a place of disappointment and you're thinking, well, I can't trust God, I'm drawn back from God, whatever. But, you know, if you were to break through that, there could be twice at your end what you had before you got disappointed. Come on, think about it. These stories are written so we can learn something from it, eh? What about Joseph in Genesis 45, verse 5 to 8? Imagine how disappointed he was when his brothers dropped him in a, him in a pit and then sold him. They sold him. Can you imagine the disappointment? And imagine spending 13 years, and you've been sold as a slave, you're in a foreign culture, then you're framed for rape, you're convicted and thrown into jail, and you're in jail as an accused and condemned rapist, and there you are, and in your heart, you've got this dream that God is going to make you a ruler of a nation. What do you do for 13 years with that kind of dream, when everything around you is in such a mess? You feel disappointed. Of course you feel disappointed. But, you know, he came to a place where he faced his disappointments and broke through them, and he was able to say when his brothers came to him, listen, it wasn't you, it was God. I see the hand of God took me through the disappointments, sustained me in the disappointments, and brought me through to exactly what he said he'd do. you understand? It's, it's like the Bible says in Psalm 105, the word, during that period, the Word of God tried him. He had a word from God, but all his circumstances were disappointing. What do you do when you've got a word from God? And you are believing certain things, but everything, everything for 13 years is different. What do you feel? Disappointed. What do you do? Well, you do something. You choose good or you'll choose bad. You choose good, you'll start to walk into double portion. You choose bad, you'll lose your destiny. That's how it is. And so we have to do something with disappointment. We have to face it, have to deal with it. And and I believe right now God's just wanted to touch us today and have an altar call shortly for people to be touched and set free and released uh, of disappointment. David was disappointed. 1 Samuel 30 verse 6. The Bible says there, Now remember, he's serving God. He's gone out and he's fighting the Lord's battles, comes home, and he finds the whole city has been sacked, all his family gone, all his money gone, everyone else is gone, the whole city's just lost, and all the people that once supported him are now saying we should kill him. You think he's disappointed? Who would he be disappointed in? He'd be disappointed in God. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in God. He never let disappointment take him away from walking with God. And then within a short period, he came into his destiny, came into his blessing. Now, I want you to have a look with me Luke 24. We're going to just look just a briefly at this a, a scripture in here. And then I want to just finish up and have a chance for you to, to just open your heart to the Lord. Here it goes. In verse... Uh, in, uh, <clears throat> In Luke chapter 24, verse 13, Behold, two of them were traveling the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking together about the things that had happened. And while they were conversing and reasoning that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, notice this, but their eyes were held back or restrained, and they did not recognize him. And so he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have one with another as you walk or as you are walking? And, uh, and it says, and you were so sad. And one who was named Cleopas said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who has not known the things that have happened? They said, what things? And they said to him, well, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before the Lord, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. But we were hoping. We were hoping. Now, you see, notice it says there, they were sad. In the, in the margin, it says, they stood still looking sad. And, you know, when he asked them what was really wrong, he said, well, we were hoping. We were really hoping that this would be the change in our nation, that it's all fallen apart, and we're really disappointed. How do you know they're disappointed? They look sad. It was on their faces. The disappointment was in their voice. The disappointment was in their words. The disappointment was in their face. You could see disappointment all over their life. They'd spent three years walking with him, not understanding the nature of the cross, not understanding that before there's life and resurrection, there's always a cross. There's always a death that the power of God can be shown. They didn't understand that at all. Why didn't they understand that? Because they just wanted a great thing. They were expecting a great thing. They had no understanding that before the great thing, there's inevitably a cross. There's a point where you have to actually lean and depend on God. And they were looking sad. They were disappointed. All their dreams. You know what they were dreaming of? They were dreaming of the nation of Israel being restored. They had a dream of a Messiah coming. And the nation would arise and would throw off the Romans. It would be a great nation. It would be restored to the glory of David's days again. And now the guy they followed for three years is dead. Can you feel the disappointment they must have felt? It says they looked sad. You ever seen a person looking sad? Well, there's something in their heart. By sorrow of the heart, the countenance is is changed. You know, so there's sorrow, sorrow in the heart. So they were sad. And so Jesus then rebuked them and uh, he said uh, in verse 25 foolish ones and slow of heart to believe and all the prophets have spoken shouldn't the Christ have suffered these things to enter his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded to them the scriptures the things concerning himself and they drew near to a village where he was going and he indicated he would have gone further but they constrained him saying abide with us it's evening they, they, they called him to stay with him and he went in to stay with them and as it came to pass at the table with them he took bread and blessed and broke it and, and gave it to them and suddenly their eyes are opened they knew him then he vanished and they said didn't our heart burn with us while he shared the word of God or open the scriptures and they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem now what you have got to see here is you've got a group of people who are who are actually extremely disappointed and you know I want you to see some things that they are doing some things that are happening in their life that that reflect their disappointment number one they're talking they're talking, they're fellowship. When people are disappointed, you know who they talk with? They talk with other disappointed people. But another disappointed person isn't going to help you because they've got the same problem you've got. But when we talk, we increase our disappointment. And so one of the tendencies when we're disappointed is to talk to people or find others who are disappointed, and in the middle of it, our bitterness and hurt is increased, not decreased. If you're disappointed, the one you want to get to talk to is someone who's not in a place of disappointment. They're the only one that can really help you. But so often I found when people are disappointed for whatever reasons, we find someone else who's disappointed too and we begin to talk our disappointments together and our bitterness and hurt and pain is increased. So they were fellowshipping together, notice, and then they were reasoning. They were trying to work it all out. They didn't believe God. They didn't look to the word of God. They didn't lean on what Jesus had said in the past to them. They were trying to figure it out. They were trying to reason it all out. They're trying to work out and make sense of it. It doesn't make any sense. You know, God spoke to us. Now look at this mess. You know, we've given our lives to follow the Lord. Now look at the mess. You can understand, well, you know, we wasted three years of our lives. We gave up our careers. We followed Jesus Christ. And now look what's happened. Look at the mess that's there. You understand they were reasoning it. They were trying to work it all out. And what they needed to do is come to a place of faith. They were reasoning because they weren't in faith. Notice the third thing about them is they are unable to see Jesus. They are unable to recognize what God was doing. When people are disappointed, we can't see what God is doing until we get out of the disappointment. They didn't see what Jesus was doing until they faced their issues. When you're disappointed, you don't see what God's doing. You're just angry with them, hurt with them, disappointed in them. So you can't see what he's trying to do. He's trying to raise up a man and woman of God, and you're disappointed because he didn't do it the way you see it, where you thought it should be. Isn't that true? We've got our own plan how God's going to do it, and then they we're disappointed. Well, that's why a lot of people they get a prophetic word, and then it doesn't work out like they thought, and they don't realise that before it can be fulfilled, God's God's got to do some things in our life to prepare us, and so we get disappointed. Notice the next thing about them is that they they were they were their countenance was sad. You can tell it on people's face. You can see the sadness. You can see it in the eye. You know how I realized at one point I was in a bad way. I saw a photo of myself, and, I, and moving in the spirit, you know, you look, you just learn to look. And I looked at and I thought, I can see grief all over that man's face, and it's my face. <laughs> I just discerned it. You could see a spirit of grief all over their face, and it was my face. <laughs> it's a photo. It just caught me. At a, it just caught me at a spot. It was just a snap, you know, as I'd gone by. A snap, just someone snap the snap, and I looked at it, I saw grief. I thought, that's me. I better do something about this. Maybe can come near God and find out what's going on. So you see it on people's face. And they're not, it, people can be smiling and you still see grief on their face. You see it somewhere around the eyes. You see it in the eyes, it's just there. And I could see it all right. And I thought, man, I'm supposed to be there preaching hope, and there's some there's a spirit of grief. It's not good. Not good. I need to be free of that thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, then the third thing is, uh, you, the, the last thing is, you find they were withdrawing from the call of God. Now, that's the worst part. They had left Jerusalem. They're going to a place, the place of hot springs. They were withdrawing to a place where they felt safe and comfortable. Now, when you're disappointed, those are the things that happen. You draw back from what God called you to do and to be, and you go to the place which comfortable and secure and safe where there will be no more risk again. The place where you're in charge, you're in control, and you don't have to lean on God anymore. And you see it all there. You begin to talk with people who are disappointed. There's now no fellowship of God, no fellowship of the Spirit because you're disappointed. It shows up on your countenance, your sad, shows all these things, and there it is. Perhaps some of us are like that today. I want you to see distinctly the things that Jesus did. Number one, he came near. The first thing to get out of disappointment is we've got to come near to God. I know we think God's hurt us, but we've got to come near him all the same. As you come near him, then you feel your disappointment. Second thing is, we're responsible for the feelings that we have. We're responsible for what's in our heart. And I want you to see what Jesus did. Jesus asked them why they were sad. He actually put his finger and he said, tell me why you are like you are. Now, he didn't say, come on, get up there and believe the word of God. You know, just stand on the word of God. He didn't say that. He said, tell me why you're sad. And then they began to share of their hopes and their dreams and their disappointments. And when they did that, then all the emotions came out. They probably cried when they did it. Three years walking with Jesus, now he's dead. Wouldn't you be weeping? They probably wept as they shared their disappointment. And he let them talk. He let them talk out their heart and talk out their disappointment. And when they've all finished their disappointment, finished their hurt, talked it all out, then he begins to restore them. Before we can come near to God again out of disappointment, we have to be willing to face the feelings, the things that have gone into our heart, and let them go. You know, the Bible says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in the Lord, who passing out of or through the valley of sorrows or weeping, You've got to find your strength in the Lord. We've got to come back to Him. And when a prophet comes into a church, he always comes to bring people back to God. Now, I know you love to get prophetic words, wonderful words and all that, but you know, one of the true ministries of a prophet is to bring people back to God again. And we think, well, we haven't gone away from God. Well, I think there's many people and many of us through disappointment have gone away from God. We're still in church. We haven't backed into the world. It's just we're not positioned to lean on God like we once did. The first love and fire and just abandonment isn't there. It's like now I've got to save myself. I'm suspicious of what might happen. Know what I'm talking about? So what he did was he, he made them face their feelings, face their disappointments. And then he spoke to them and put the finger on their unbelief. He's rebuked their unbelief. He said, the reason you're so disappointed is because in your heart, you don't really believe God is good and will work everything out for good for you. You don't really trust that God's word is true and that what God says he's going to do. You've allowed the disappointment to blind you to see. So he told them off of their unbelief. Unbelief is always at the root of our deepest disappointment. It will always be there as a companion. Disappointment will have a companion called unbelief. And unbelief stops us being in a place of faith. You see why we've got to deal with that disappointment to start to move on to a place of faith. And then what he did was he just began to open the Word of God. He began to explain God's plan, God's purpose. So and what he began to do is he, was tell- he began to talk to them specifically about this. He began to talk to them that the plan of God always involves a cross. And crosses aren't nice. Crosses are a place of death. But beyond it is resurrection. And he said, all you have to do is come willing to yield to that cross, and then resurrection can come. We say, well, I don't understand. No, you don't have to understand, but I haven't known any man of God, anyone, anywhere that didn't face disappointment and had to come and release the pain of that and to come to new dependency on the Lord. Remember Peter, think how confident he was. Oh, trust me, Lord, oh, I'll look up to you. you know, and the next thing you know, he's blown it completely. The Bible says he wept bitterly with disappointment disappointed because he was so self confident I can do it you got God has to break that stuff in us so we lean on him and then finally it says that Jesus restored it tells us he had he shared bread with them what happens is he renewed commitment to them he renewed covenant and they rose up and they began to start to walk with him what did he do he came near he pointed the finger you're disappointed he made them explain why their disappointment share their feelings He rebuked unbelief and got them to begin to understand what God's word says. And then their hearts were changed. They began to see, yeah, it's okay. God is still to be trusted. I want us just to close our eyes right now. I want us just to open our heart to the Lord. And uh, let's just believe for the spirit of God to just come and touch people. Jesus wept over Jerusalem because he was disappointed. He saw that at the time God was wanting to move, they just did not respond he wept over them and he saw what would happen I think there's some people here today and there's a number of issues that God's wanting to touch you with I wrote down a whole heap of them I want you to close your eyes right now these were things that I felt the Lord said is in the church, in Bay City it's in our hearts but we need to just let God help us why don't you just put the cords on Bruce some who's lost a significant relationship you think of a young child growing up who loses his dad usually becomes very disappointed, very angry, very hurt. Very difficult to trust God after that. Really difficult. Because God somehow must be to blame. A person who loses their mother growing up. Grief and the disappointment. Disappointment of what dad might have been, what Mum might have been in their life. Are you like that? Perhaps you need to come to the Lord today. Perhaps as some have been through the disappointment of divorce. Perhaps the divorce involved adultery. You had dreams. No one ever comes to the altar without a dream of a great marriage. And then the day of disappointment of divorce. It's like the death of a dream, huge disappointment. If you've prayed that it would all work out and it never worked out, the disappointment just then reflects onto God. Perhaps there's some here and you've gone through the disappointment of a partner that betrayed you in adultery. Deep disappointment. Angry and hurt about God. Why didn't you help, I prayed? Perhaps there's someone here and, and uh, you've gone through the issues of of a parent, a father, perhaps, or a mother abusing you. It's been sexual abuse or verbal abuse or it's been emotional abuse of some kind. and Terrible disappointment. The disappointment of a child, what a dad ought to be, and then he turns out like that. Usually we just don't trust anymore. We just won't trust God either. We won't trust anyone because we don't feel safe with anyone. Disappointed. Jesus wants to meet with you, wants to touch you in your disappointment. Perhaps there's other people here, a different kind of group, it's not a, a relationship you lost, it's a hope or a dream. Perhaps a broken engagement, you had this great hope of, a, of an engagement working out and it just suddenly broke and there you are, disappointed and somehow blaming and angry with God. Perhaps there's a person here who's had a miscarriage, you were looking forward to a child coming and, and in the midst of it, you lost the child. And, You'd prayed and there was this deep disappointment with God. God, I don't understand. How did you let this happen? Perhaps there's someone here and you've lost a child. The child died as a cop death or died through an accident of some kind and you're angry with God, you're disappointed with God. You say, Lord, I just I'm disappointed. I don't understand. All the dreams I had all shattered, taken away. Perhaps there's a son, you've it's been a teenager you know, had all these dreams of what your child would be like and they got to teenagers and suddenly they got caught up in some demonic thing or drugs or alcohol or you know there's some kind of things they got involved in and you just they come like another person you couldn't reason with them you have such disappointment you were believing in God you prayed every day but it's not over yet it's not over yet God can still come through he's the God of resurrection perhaps there's someone and you've had an unwanted pregnancy there's all the disappointment. Disappointed parents, disappointment in your heart. Perhaps there's others here and there's been financial failure, a business event you set out into and you had all these hopes and, and it all fell over and you prayed and thought God would help and somehow it all fell apart and you're disappointed with God. Perhaps you've been through a church split or a church upheaval. Because it was church and somehow God seemed to be responsible for it all, you're disappointed and don't trust God anymore. Were well, you're at a crossroads. You're going to choose to change and enter your destiny or choose to walk away from it perhaps you've had ministry aspirations you had a call of God and then somehow on the way it didn't work out and you can't understand that it's just deep disappointment perhaps you're someone here who wanted children and had no children huge disappointment But in the middle of it God can heal perhaps it's been personal failure and you're deeply disappointed in just your own failure to live up to what you thought you should See, what happens is, when we're disappointed with God, we don't want to trust Him. Just keep your distance from me, God. I'll walk with you, but I don't want you to get too close, and I definitely don't want to lean on you anymore. I'm not too sure you can be trusted. Listen, that's a demonic thing. The devil says God can't be trusted, but all of the Bible says God's a good God. You are at a moment of choice you can choose to keep your disappointment and you'll, t- you'll find others to share it with. You'll draw back from leaning on God with fear and, and distrust. And you'll walk away from the destiny God had. Or you can say, Lord, I, I'm just gonna admit to you today, I'm disappointed, I'm gonna come to you. I wanna open my heart and fresh commitment to you. I wanna face my disappointment. The first thing Jesus will say is, why are you so sad? Why are you so disappointed? Talk to me about it. And when you've done that, you begin to restore your faith and confidence. You'll turn around from going in the comfortable place and say, Lord, I want to embrace my purpose and call again. He's that you, why don't you just stand up and come to the front? Let's come and just present ourselves to the Lord. I could feel him weeping over the church, weeping over his people. Disappointed because we haven't seen the miraculous like we would we'd have hoped to. Disappointed because people we prayed for to get saved didn't get saved. Disappointed in so many areas. Disappointed primarily with God. Why don't you just come? Just come. Come. People disappointed with God, just come. Would you come? Come and open your heart, open your life to Him. Disappointed with Him. We just ask you this one thing, why are you disappointed? Why are you so disappointed? Come on, there's others need to come. Others need to come. Come. Come, open our heart. Open our heart about our disappointment. See, when we deal with it, we deal with the past. Now we've gotta walk with God in the future. We've gotta begin to walk differently. We've gotta lean on him with a new confidence. Gotta lean on him with a new trust. Gotta lean on him new submission and yieldedness doesn't mean we won't face disappointments it's part of life but we have a God of resurrection who comes to the dead and breathes life some, some, there's some here today and you're dead you're dead and you walk with God and God's wanting to breathe fresh life the reason you're dead is because of disappointment God wants to heal you come, just come is there anyone else, anyone else Anyone else? Lots of people come today. That's all right. Just let the tears come. Just let the disappointment go. See, the first thing Jesus said is, why are you sad? Why are you so sad? Why are you so sad? Talk to Him. Talk to Him right now. Tell Him, Lord, this is why I'm sad. This is why my heart feels so broken. This is what's wrong. Talk to Him now. Don't wait for someone to pray for you. You talk to him about your disappointment. Disappointment with parents, disappointment with God, disappointment with yourself, disappointment with others. Talk to him. Jesus, just thank you for your presence here. One of the things that happens when we're disappointed is we become lonely. Lonely for God. We want God, but we won't come near him. And so there's a loneliness in our life. Lord Jesus, come right now. Come. Others who wanted to come up the front, why don't you just come, come? There's more room up the front. Just make your way through and just come here to the front. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I need some leaders to come up now begin to pray and minister to people. I need leaders to come. Just make your way right through the front. Just while we're worshiping the Lord, I want you to tell the Lord why you're sad. Why you're so disappointed. Why are you disappointed? Why you're sad? Talk to him. Talk to him. And he'd lead us to come.